Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. December! You know what I'm saying, Ray? Burr, it's cold up in here because I'm in the cold parts of the world. Me too! I wasn't last December, but I'm back in it. And when I got out of my Uber this morning, I stepped into a lot of water. And then I had wet socks all day. Oh, isn't that the worst part of December's wet sock feel? Wet socks is the worst part of any day, am I right? You're right, that's why we have heaters. This is a really strange energy for this particular podcast. My name is Joe Langlois, and this week we are discussing ELF. My name is Ray Geroso, and ELF stands for Every Friend Love. <laughs> That's not how ELF is spelled. Ray, tell me about this movie. I spelled ELF wrong. Um, <laughs> <this movie. laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> oh, take my spelling degree away! <laughs> oh no, Elf! It's a movie. It's it's a holiday movie. Um. Okay. Uh, after accidentally being mailed to the North Pole as a baby. Okay. Buddy, Buddy, played by Will Ferrell, grows up as Santa's elf, as a Santa elf. He's one of the Santa elves. Mm -hmm. And then after coming of age at the age of 30, he is banished from the North Pole for elf crimes. Whoa. Okay. I I'll let you dig into that later. Go on. Mm -hmm. So he ends up in New York, and he meets his real father, businessman Benjamin Buttert. And he tries to create a relationship with his father, but they have very big difference. One is a businessman, one is an elf. You know, uh -huh. two worlds, one family. Right. But not really, because they're not a family, because he accidentally sent Buddy to the North Pole. Anyway, um... Uh, eventually, uh, after trying trying to, to form this relationship, uh, a disheartened buddy runs into Santa in New York, who was also banished from the North Pole during an elf coup. Whoa. Whoa! Yeah, but eventually, with the help of his father, Santa, and some new New York friends, Buddy's able to fix Santa's sleigh and they retake the North Pole. They retake the North Pole? Uh-huh. Through force? Through love. Through oh. patience, through kindness. Okay. So through buddy. So there are three big question marks for me so okay. far. One, what were Buddy's elf crimes that got him banished from the North? Cookie. Pole? He ate the cookie? He sold No, he made the cookies wrong. Uh, he made the cookies wrong once and he was banished? Yes, he did not follow the exact recipe and the elves got sick. Wow. And and he got banished. It's very strict elf rules. So he if left you on bad terms. So I'm sorry to, to <laughs> tell everyone this, but the North Pole is extremely capitalist and efficient and very very um automated. And if you mess up once, it's over. Okay. So, I mean, 
Is he the, like the only elf that's ever been cast out? No, or no, oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, they 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 talk uh, a little bit about some other elves. You know, do they like um, conscript these the like Grinch. outcast elves? Oh, like the Grinch. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they like conscript these outcast elves when they go back to to take the North Pole back and make it one a more of them? Welcoming... One of them is in New York, and he is selling ornaments in an ornament shop. Okay. Uh, do. Elves look different than people? No. He's just he's just an elf. Like elves are commonplace here. Okay, okay. Like every like everyone knows the North Pole exists. Like why would you be oh. sending stuff to the North Pole? Like Santa's there. I Santa see. is so eternal. In this timeline, like it's just a well known fact that Santa is there and real and nobody doubts that. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. And that uh, doesn't play a role in this movie at all based off of what you're saying. Yeah, no, I... Why would it? <laughs> um, okay, second big question mark is... Why was Santa cast out? Santa was cast out because he forgot to lock the sleigh. So he messed up too, like just a so common, like an honest mistake, and the elves were like, well, we'd be better off without him? Yeah, there's also... Uh, that was like the inciting incident, but there is like... I don't remember his name. It's like Dinko or something. One of the other elves is like, p- like pushing to reach the top, and like Santa keeps saying, "You gotta calm down." And so to get, so he finally gets a chance to get rid of Santa, does the coup, and now he's the leader of the North Pole. Right, like, um, like uh, Rufio from Hook. I don't remember Hook. <laughs> What? Rufio's the guy! Rufio's no, the no, Dante Bosco. No, no. Yes, 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 but I don't remember the movie Hook at all. Yeah, but... You, okay, alright. I don't well, I don't get Maybe we you... should do Hook. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, okay, third big question mark is... Uh, what about... What about Benjamin Buttert? What, like, what's up with this guy? So he's a businessman. He's the CEO of a large company... Uh, he's a, he's single because his wife divorced him after he mailed his son to the North Pole. Okay. On um, accident. But, on accident, but yeah. like this has like hardened him a lot and a lot of a lot of honest mistakes in this movie. It seems. Yes, it's a it's a big theme that for, forgiveness. One of them. One of them seems to be much much more severe than the others. I can see why. I can see why somebody would divorce a man for accidentally mailing their son to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I don't think the 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 wife is gonna forgive uh, yeah. the father, but the son might. Okay, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Forgiveness is a large part of this movie. Sure. Even Dinko gets redeemed. Unfortunately, he's well, he's relegated to cookie maker, which is. I mean, he was just following know. the rules, right? Well, yeah, but also was kind of greedy. Mm. Was was kind of vying vying for the top position there, right? Fair, fair, fair. The big ho 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 man himself. Mm-hmm. And then he Elvis got it and Presley. he realized this is too much for me. Mm-hmm. This is a ch- children's movie, also. So there's yeah. like no like bloodshed. And yeah. like the 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 not the war, but like, you know, the more aggressive parts of the movie are kinda like in the background, they just kind of talk about it real quick. Sure. They're, like, like, we get shots in the general tense, but no actual battle. Right. It's... They're they're not the main focus of the film. Okay. It's not saying violence 
is needed during the holiday time. It's love and forgiveness and gifts and believing in right. all powers. So, I mean, we keep focusing on, like, the politics, the geopolitical storyline here, but I think a, I think probably a big part of the movie has got to be dealing with the repairing the relationship between Benjamin and Buddy, mm-hmm. um, as well as Buddy making new friends in New York. So can you tell me a little bit more about those journeys? Yeah, so when Buddy gets there, he's just kind of walking around. And you know how in New York there's, like, people in costumes all the time? And, like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, there's a really tall elf dude. That's cool. He's either mm-hmm. th- from the North Pole or selling stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fine. He um, just clocked off. Right, exactly. Um, but he has such an innocent, pure spirit um, that, like, people quickly were like, oh, he's an elf. He's an mm-hmm. elf child. Um, and he... He tracks down his father through, you know, convoluted movie magic. Right. He finds his father, and he's like, I'm your son. I'm an elf, also. And dad's just not having it. He kind of, like, gave up and cut ties with that part of his life. And so right. he's kind of just shutting Buddy away. Um, And there's just repeated attempts from Buddy to, like, you know, try to work for the firm and, like, d- like become oh, an okay. intern. Yeah. But it doesn't work out. It never works out. It's always Buddy's too kind <laughs> to mm-hmm. to live in this this tough world, world that this businessman has made. Right. And so you know, he, Buddy also befriends exiled elf. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he 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 befriends. Um, I I might have said he earlier, and that was a mistake. He befriends Holly, who is an ornament maker elf. Uh, who runs a, sh- a like a small, uh, yeah, not what? What do you call those shops? You know, the family, a family-owned business. Sure. Uh, in the middle of New York, which is, mm-hmm. you know, thriving because of the holiday season. Right. And they're cool. They're chill. They have a very fun relationship where, like, they can bond over the fact that they got kicked out of the North Pole. Holly's more jaded about it and and never tried to go back but buddy is kind of like trying to go back but also trying to adjust he never really decides what he wants to do okay i was gonna ask that like at the end of the movie like you know buddy earns his place or whatever you know it sounds like the elves kind of have a a reckoning a bit of a reckoning and they're like okay maybe this we've been too strict with these rules or whatever and buddy you're welcome back but what's his final decision well buddy stays in the Buddy, North Pole. It's to go, so he doesn't... Does Benjamin but, Butter go up there, too? Or do they just, like, They stay in to, touch. Okay, they stay in touch. They okay. mail each other. Okay. Not physically. Right. <laughs> Not gonna make that mistake again. Mm-mm. But they mail each other letters, and they, they keep in touch, and we get a quick little montage of that. Okay. What about Holly? Holly decides to stay in New York, that, and that uh, the elf life... Uh, is is far behind her and that she's okay here in New York making ornaments and making children happy, making them cute little personalized ornaments that they ask for. Sure. As long as the mo- the parents pay. Wink. 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 <laughs> as long as I get my scratch. Her famous line. <laughs> um... I have one more thing. Yeah, you seem hit me. to be sorry. You seem no, to be. No, I, I got I got something, but hit me. <laughs> okay, um, I really like 
at the climax of the movie is not the the big fight, but repairing the sleigh, which is a metaphor for uh, well, a co- metaphor for a couple things. But one, starting to repair the relationship with his dad because his right. dad is the one that gives the final piece that he needs. Well, and also like repairing the sleigh means like because they are still living in different cities, but now there is that like the exactly. sleigh is used to travel. From mm-hmm. the North Pole to New York and elsewhere in the world, and now that that bridge is open, that connection is exactly. open. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice touch. Um, my question was going to be, what did you think of the involvement or the antics, or however you want to put it, of the reindeer in the movie? You know, they had to include poop jokes somehow. For kids. <laughs> For kids. Okay. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of... Oh, uh, was there any music that stuck out to you that was particularly important to, to the movie or that you remember fondly from the movie? Oh, I really enjoyed Will Ferrell's rendition of Jingle Bell Rock. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the Carol of the Bells sequence when they're they're oh. flying through the, the sky in the sleigh at the end. Yeah. Like, rushing to get back to the North Pole before more damage could be done by Dinko. Right. What was your favorite? We never ask you. That's because I know the answer. <laughs> Give me a fake answer. Uh, <laughs> Do it. It's... It's I I saw Holly kissing Santa Claus because there's Ooh, a scandal. Yeah, there's a there's just a back like a little quick scene where they were getting a little a little snog on. Mm. You know, just for kicks. Did they have a relationship in the past before she got kicked out? No, no, okay. they were just they were just vibing. Cool. <laughs> Sometimes you just got a vibe. Vibe check. I don't know that meme. I don't know. Yeah, me neither, dude. I don't know this. what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. Cut this. <laughs> no, we're leaving it in. Oh, no. I'm old. <laughs> Let's go watch a movie and yeah. eat some popcorn off of the Christmas tree. Hey folks, welcome to the ad spot. We're going to put the elf on the shelf for a few seconds as I tell you about a couple podcasts from the Lunar Light Studio Network. The first one I'd like to talk to you about is Artificial Ghost Radio. It's a music recommendation game show hosted by Quizkeeper Miles Lazarus and Tomb Dweller Mars Garbayo. Each week they challenge each other to find songs based on completely arbitrary themes and discuss them while making goofs along the way. Hmm, sounds like my kind of brand. Then they spin the Wheel of Discord to talk about a random song from the Challenger's library. Any song. Any song. You can find Artificial Ghost Radio every Saturday on LunarLightStudio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, other than singing, Elf has a lot of other things in it, including an ending that it deserved. But there is a podcast that covers shows that don't get endings they deserve. Ending Pending. It's a podcast where hosts Andy, Evan, and Ronnie discuss television shows that never got the ending that they deserved because they only lasted for a single season. And it's it's fall, cause that's or is it winter? That's when TV shows finish their seasons, sometimes. 
I don't know. Ending Fending goes episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. New episodes every Wednesday on EndingPending.com and Lunar Light Studio. Okay, it's time to find that rascally elf, Will Ferrell. Where's he hiding? Is he, is he in the bathroom again? I, I gotta go find him, but it's time to go watch this movie now. Bye. Now, we did take a short break after watching that movie to wipe away our tears. Um, but how are you feeling right now, Ray? I'm still feeling it. Yeah, I'm still feeling it, too. I'm still feeling the feels here in in Raytown. Yeah. Did you know that holiday movies can make you feel emotions? Yeah. Um, it's weird. I don't typically get really into the Christmas spirit at all. But I also haven't watched this movie in a, in a lot in quite a few years. This Me movie, I've I never is... watched. Sorry. Yeah. Go yeah. Go, go on. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I, I, this movie is special. I think, I think this movie does Christmas spirit real well. Um, it's not just a Christmas movie. I, I think. Um, but I don't know. Was that was that your impression? Um, I think it's very Christmas heavy, but there's a lot of just general good lessons. Well, yeah, no. What I mean is that it's it is a Christmas movie, like one hundred percent. But it's um, it's not like just any old Christmas movie. It's it does Christmas movie correctly and very well, and not even correctly because it it does it so much better than I ever would have expected. Um, from just being, oh, it's a Christmas movie, you know, like no, this one, this is Elf. When when you say Christmas movie, you start thinking about those generic like. Hallmark films that are just kind of there to 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 cheese you up for the holiday, right? Um, and it it is it is and they do that a little bit, but it's so genuine. But it's genuine. There's a lot of genuine spirit and holiday goodness in in here. I'm gonna get back into that genuineness, but I'm gonna start with a quick plot synopsis, which is what I said. (laughs) P close in some ways to what you said. Buddy is a he's a baby at the beginning of the movie and he uh he had been put up for adoption after his mother passed away um and his father Walter Hobbs never knew he was born and Santa accidentally kidnapped him um so <laughs> pretty close start there uh, because he was in the orphanage and Buddy crawled into the bag of toys and then Santa found him when he was back at the North Pole and then he was raised in a, as an elf for 30 years until he found out the yeah by Papa Elf uh, until he found out the horrible secret that he is not an elf, he's a human and he decided to set out on his own because he didn't really fit in at the North Pole and he was given some direction uh, to say maybe you should go try to find your birth father. Uh, and that's that's what Buddy does. He sets off to New York City to find Walter and be, start a relationship with him. And then the middle half of the movie is just a lot of hilarious misunderstandings that come from Buddy 
being an elf and having a childlike glee for Christmas that comes with being an elf and being plopped into the cynical world of New York City. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a lot of that. <laughs> Buddy makes uh-huh. some new friends along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter has a new family. Uh, he's got his wife, Emily, and a son, Michael. And Walter is very resistant to Buddy entering his life at first. But Buddy is just so genuine and happy. Uh, and and the reason that everyone's so resistant to it is because it's really hard to imagine somebody being that genuine and happy without being either maladjusted in some way or trying to get something out of them. Um, again, it's a cynical world. Um, but he breaks through, and by the end of the movie... Santa's sleigh crashes, uh, and in order to get it flying again, through the help of his friends, uh, Buddy, Buddy, no, Buddy and his friends, um, instill a heaping helping of Christmas spirit into the people of New York and the world, and uh, Santa's sleigh is able to to fly through the magic of Christmas spirit, and uh, it's very touching, it's very sweet. That's that's Elf. Can I tell you how this movie fooled me into thinking I liked Will Ferrell? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this was one of the first Will Ferrell movies that I ever saw because it's like a family movie. And Will Ferrell is excellent in this movie. Like, very, very good. Yes. And then you realize that Will Ferrell's... Listen, I don't, I don't really have any problems with him. I want to be clear here. But a big... Part of his brand of comedy is being a man who is acting like a foolish child, which doesn't, which isn't funny or good, in my opinion, normally. But in this specific scenario where he is acting like a foolish child because that's all he's ever known, and he just has a genuine heart like a child does, like, that's good. And it it really got it. It plays off so well. I think. What do, What do you think, Ray? I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I the so a big reason why I've been resisting to watch Elf for all these years. Spoilers: I haven't seen Elf. This is my first view of Elf. I if if you if that surprises you, you might want to go back and listen to our old episodes. But, <laughs> Um, I've never seen Elf, and part of it is that I was scared of third-party embarrassment. Uh, I have a lot of anxiety and empathy for for people, so mm-hmm. seeing people like in a large group in a public space get embarrassed is a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And this movie was fine, yeah, because Buddy doesn't get embarrassed yeah by that's the thing he does he because... doesn't even realize what he's doing is mm-hmm. like he doesn't realize a lot of the time when people are making fun of him or making digs at him he's just totally resistant to it mm-hmm. um and even when he does he's like well you're gonna be on the naughty list like you're being a jerk right now <laughs> like right like he never <laughs> he he never feels bad about being himself right exactly Exactly. And that's beautiful. And he shouldn't, because he rules. 
Buddy's amazing. Buddy's great. We stand Buddy. Uh, except oh, for the whole candy I'm... thing. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I I literally almost barfed when that scene with the spaghetti candy happened. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Oh, sorry, I'm still trying to hold back tears for some reason. Yeah, it's still like mm. it's still hitting me. So many things line up in such a really wonderful way. The... <laughs> Earlier in the movie, Buddy goes to the doctor with Walter to because mm. um, Walter wants to attain the veracity of this parentage. Um, and so Buddy's sitting in the waiting room, and there's another little girl in the doctor's office in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about Christmas and Santa, because that's all Buddy knows how to talk about. And Carolyn, the little girl, tells tells him what she wants for Christmas. And Buddy says, I'll put in a good word with the big guy, with Santa Claus. And then at the end of the movie, as part of uh, the events that um, lead to spreading Christmas cheer, Michael... Buddy's half brother um, is reading Santa's list to a newscaster, and so people that are watching the news can see him reading this list, and it's what everyone wants, and whether or not on the naughty nice list. And Carolyn is on the nice list, and the gift that she told Buddy is on there, and you see a shot of her watching watching the news for some reason, uh, <laughs> and she says, "Thanks, Buddy," and it's so sweet. <laughs> It's so pure. You're going to make me cry again. You're well, going to make me I, cry I, again. I'm tearing up. Uh, I'm tearing um, up again talking no, that, about it. That, that character relationship is <laughs> the most <laughs> important thing to me. We only see her like three times. <laughs> and every single time I'm like, this little girl is pure and precious and deserves this toy. <laughs> uh, the third time she shows up is when... um. Jovi, not Holly. Jovi, <laughs> Jovi yeah. is trying to rally the folks around Central Square. Central Square? Is that the name of the park? Central Park. C- Central Park. <laughs> yeah, wow. Central Park by singing Santa Claus is coming to town, and we get little snippets of the the, the folks that Buddy has affected. Everyone. Uh, everyone and- in the movie. <laughs> Everyone in the movie, and then some, and and little Carolyn's there, and it's just a small scene, a quick line, and it's just very good. Yeah. And, like, everyone else is, like, big giant groups of people, but for her, it's just her. Just her. In bed, watching the news. Watching the news. Oh, goodness. You want to talk about Amy Sedaris and why every single woman in this movie is great? <laughs> Yeah, they really all are. <laughs> Every single female in this movie is great. Uh, Amy, Amy Sedaris rules. Uh, she plays Deborah, who is Walter's um, Walter's secretary. Secretary assistant. Yeah, and this is a this is a strange effect of growing up has had on this watch for me because when I was a kid, there were so many things that I took for granted or like I just didn't understand. Like, when I was a kid, I thought that Deborah had messed up by sending Buddy the, as a Christmas gram into Walter's office. And she had, like, made a mistake and she should have been more careful or something. Because the movie... And Walter yells at her for, like, letting him in mm-hmm. the first time that they meet. And I'm like, yeah, she should be a better secretary, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I just... I don't know what I thought, but... 
watching it again as an adult and seeing how everyone's reactions to Buddy make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, also with uh, Peter Dinklage comes in for a little cameo and he plays a he plays like a, an author. He's like a, a uptight author. Um, and Buddy inadvertently calls him an elf and is like, keeps insisting that he's an elf because Buddy genuinely thinks he's an elf. But the way that he's saying, oh, did you have to ride a sleigh from the North Pole to get here? It sounds like he's like really trying to like make fun of Peter Dinklage's stature. Mm-hmm. And like, as a kid, I was like, why is this guy getting so mad at Buddy? Like, what do you mean? But watching it again as an adult, you're like, oh, he's just, like, really just jabbing at this guy. <laughs> or at least that's how it appears to him. Perceived, yeah. yeah. I really enjoy Deborah because her first interaction with Buddy is like, okay, it's it's a dude and it's a Christmas gram, but she's so nice and genuine about her interactions with Buddy. Yes. She's not, like patronizing about it and even later when he comes back as as the son she's like i remember you and i'm like no do you recognize me or or like oh it's me again i i didn't recognize you yeah i'm in work clothes now it's like just a totally genuine and frankly like normal conversation that Mm -hmm. could happen yes um and like i get it she's a secretary she's supposed to be nice but there's the way Amy Sedaris played that character was she was one of the more genuine characters. Yeah, yeah, I felt from the entire cast. I mean, what's interesting is that they're all genuine mm-hmm. in who they are, but a lot of them are cynical for different reasons. Yeah, and... but Deborah's just like, well, before before Deborah speaks to Buddy, you get a little weird backstory for Deborah where she's like talking to somebody on the phone about bringing I think eight kittens to uh-huh. her camper so she can take care of them temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to wholeheartedly believe that was just Amy Sedaris riffing on a phone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, um, yeah, I, I just love how I guess I really like stories where where somebody has kind of an untainted view of the world Mm -hmm. and they roll into town and everybody is affected by it. Like nobody can escape being like, Oh, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to chill out for a second. Yeah. That's my jam. So elf, you got me right there. Thanks. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. uh, uh, Excuse me. I want to talk about Jovi, our our female lead. Okay. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Who, I feel like, now this is not a dig at Zoe Deschanel, but I feel like her enunciation has decreased as the years have gone on, because she is very pronounced in this movie with her speaking. Uh, yeah, I love her in this movie. She's uh, great. Um, it's I'm getting used to her being blonde, because all I know is <laughs> she has dark hair forever. I so, forgot. I forgot it was her, like... Uh huh. It doesn't look like her, but she's great. I love yeah. her. She's just like she's just working. <laughs> she's just living her life, mm-hmm. and then it's it's terrible. She's just we don't get a lot of backstory on her, but she's living here in New York. She has this um 
customer service job during the holiday, and she's yep. just trying to get through work. And Buddy comes in and just says, it's okay. You can have fun in life still, yeah. even when you're grown up. And you can be a little bit more loose, and you can sing. Ah. <sighs> Her her whole thing about singing throughout the movie was very good for me. Yeah. And how she yeah. likes to sing alone. Um, and she's embarrassed to have other people hear her. And then we have that awkward scene with the shower and the singing. But it yeah. was very good singing. Yeah. And then she comes in at the end with, with the big win. By rallying the folks to, to a good song. Yeah. And... Like, that's clear character development, because she never would have done that if Buddy didn't... If she did not meet Buddy. I I have to say something here on this podcast. Um, this film was directed by Jon Favreau. And it's, it's really good. <laughs> didn't it's we a... say that about a different Jon Favreau movie no. that we watched? No, we haven't. I thought we, we, we did. said we said that Zathura was really bad, and we said that the new Lion King was was fine, right. but not directed very well. Right. But this is a good movie, and it is directed very well. Um, one of the shots that comes to my mind uh-huh. is when uh-huh. uh, Buddy is. <laughs> uh huh. I think I know. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. It's when Buddy has just gotten to New York. Uh, and he gets, th- I think it's right after he gets thrown out of the Empire State Building where his dad works, and he's exploring and he sees Gimbals. They tell him, go to Gimbals. And so he's like, oh, look at this Christmas land place. I'm gonna go check it out. And he walks across the street and we hear a sleigh ride playing, and the camera is panning up to, like, like show, show off the store, and then he gets hit by a car. <laughs> A taxi just comes in and just decks him. <laughs> and it's not where your focus is at all. Like the shot has you focused on the building. You think the shot is ending, and it just gets hit by a car. And then the sh- and then the scene ends after and there, that. There's just a lot of that throughout the movie of just like extra little fluff that yeah. adds a lot of character to yes. Buddy and the the world around him. Yeah, that Absolutely. there's a lot of things that happen. I'm like, they didn't have to include this in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that scene, specifically. They didn't have to include that. No. But it becomes a, a clear point that the yellow ones don't stop <laughs> for him. Because he keeps getting <laughs> right. hit by taxis. Right. Um, uh. And it becomes a clear point. Like, or, And that, that, to me, that extra fluff, that little extra little bit, is what sets it apart from just a Christmas movie. Because yep. y- you're, if you're watching just a Christmas movie, you're expecting the camera to continue panning up and the shot to end. And the reason, the, the thing that, uh, the way that it breaks those expectations is what sets it, sets it apart for me. Mm-hmm. Do you want, let's, I'm just kind of going through by the characters, apparently. This is how we're yeah. doing this episode. Do you want to talk about his fam, buddy's family and Walter? Yeah, let's start with Papa Elf. Okay, Papa Elf is precious. I love him. Papa Elf deserves everything, yeah. including a beautiful granddaughter. He's not he's not in the movie very much, but he does open it up and he's the narrator for the story and he's really excellent. He's just a sweet, soft old man who took in Buddy because as he puts it, he never took the time to settle down. And so he's kind of older when when Buddy comes to the North Pole. 
uh, and uh, he he takes him in, and he's just real sweet and supportive. Mm-hmm. Also, and- I think I said this earlier, but I do want to drill down on the fact that you did nail the age uh, at which Buddy leaves, which is thirty years old. Well, yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> um, well, my thought process was okay. I know that there's an adult elf man. And and he's played by Will Ferrell. What's a mm-hmm. good age to for an adult to 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 be a child? I'm like thirty. Thirty's good. That's not too young, not too old, just right. And that's probably what the writer's <laughs> process was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't write movies. Oh, this podcast would make you think otherwise. <laughs> um, can we? So, okay, before we continue yeah, Walter, with well, okay, go on. no wait, hold on. You mentioned the opening, which this opening to this movie is very so good. good, and it it calls back to like those you know those those ho- the those holiday. holiday movies. You know, I love that you have to say that generically because next week we're going to be doing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, and like Frosty, you're going to see and- a lot of a lot of what inspired the opening to this movie. Yes. And then and then they have the audacity to include the little like animated characters we see in that yeah. opening as actual characters in the North and Pole and I was living further further. They don't just have the audacity to include those little characters, but they have the audacity to have Buddy address them as like goodbye Arctic, Arctic puppet. puppet. Arctic puppet. Goodbye, Arctic puppet. Goodbye, Mr. Narwhal. The funniest line. That's the other thing. The narwhal is another thing that makes me feel like this movie's special. Because as Buddy is leaving, I thought he was about to start swimming away also. I yelled, is he about to swim? He jumps on a little piece of ice uh, in the water. But then a narwhal pops up and says goodbye to him. And then goes back down. And that's it. And they just, they animated that. They had someone voice this narwhal for this mm-hmm. five second scene. Mm-hmm. It was very good. They make it seem kind of ominous at first. And then he just pops up and says, goodbye, buddy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's friends with a narwhal. Of course he is. He's friends with everyone. Uh, okay. Walter. Sorry. Yeah, Walter. Walter Dad. The cynic. Cynical dad. Dad who works at a bad business. Mm-hmm. Bad yeah, so business he works with at a publishing boss. house. Uh and he makes decisions that are based solely on the bottom dollar or on the bottom line, and he he's just kind of painted to be a pretty rough man that very cynical. Like I that's that's mm-hmm. the that's the word that just keeps yeah. coming to mind. That he but what I like is that they give a reason as to why, instead of just a generic, the world is hard and rough. Like, his boss is very mean and yes, requires yeah. time crunch deadlines on him. So we can see why he's going on these low yeah. budgets and is trying to go as fast as he can and make hard decisions that might not be the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what I love about that is that it doesn't, it doesn't, like... It doesn't paint it as though Walter was a happy-go-lucky, peace-loving hippie and fell in love with Susan Wells, and then she died, and then he became this monster person. Right. 
Uh, he he became that monster person over a long period of time, and he never truly became that person. He just kept growing up this this chitin, this armor that kept getting harder and harder because the world was rough to him, and the the you know the this boss was was on him, mm-hmm. and and like that's that's our Mister Potter of this movie. Um, I don't care that it's Christmas Eve. It's time to for you to give me this pitch right now. I don't care that your son has gone missing. It's time for you to give me this pitch right now. And so even though throughout the movie, Walter is kind of rough and hard toward Buddy, and then all of, it seems like all of a sudden a, a switch flips and he's like all like all of that just goes away and he's totally loving after that but that's not the case like Mm -mm. it's been happening in the background the whole time but he's had that armor on right and it's still up when they're singing he yeah not singing and michael tells him you need to sing yeah and then he starts singing he he listens to his son yeah let's talk about michael who is also affected by (sighs) this harsh reality that his father is is in a time crunch job who and does not get attention from his I'm just father. behind on a bunch of stuff and a bunch of homework. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's um, just a good kid. Michael's just a kid living his life. It's kind of yeah. like everyone else in this movie. Yeah. And it's just rough and tumble. And his dad's not there because his dad works. Mm-hmm. And his mom's there for him as much as she can. Mom's great. Love Emily. Emily's yeah. wonderful. And then, yeah. Uh, Michael is the first character that Buddy breaks through to because mm-hmm. they're both essentially children right. and they bond and it's nice and good. And then Emily. And then Emily. Emily. Emily, there's not much to say about Emily. She's just a really good mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and she insists that they make room for Buddy and allow him to stay there while he, while he gets on his feet or so they think. Um, but she's she's you know, just a she's a good also mom. like she's a good mom. She like calls out Walter. She's not afraid to like be like Walter. Like it's no secret that you are kind of a sucky dad. Like right. It's you know let's let's not let's not be coy here. And she and she's the first person to join in with Jovi when she's Jovi's singing the the Christmas Carol at yes. the end. And she's the first person to also sing. And she's kind of tone deaf. And she's kind of embarrassed. And you can see it on her face. And But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's because, beautiful. Yeah, it's so And I nice. was already crying. And then I started a second bout of crying. Yeah, yeah I'm crying again. <laughs> I'm also crying again. Oops. Oh, uh, gosh. And that's the cast. That's Santa's the cast. there, too. Santa's there, too. And there's a f- a lot of fun side characters. Mr. Manager, the guy in the mailroom that he drinks with on accident. Yeah. Mhm. I I know that that Deborah's a side character, but she feels like a main character to me just because yeah. we love Amy Sedaris so much. Oh goodness. The two author head author yeah, friends. Yeah, Andy Richter and uh that other guy. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, who who are Walter's head had people had writers and they can't mm-hmm. come up with anything good and they really can't come up with yeah, anything they good. Are bad. They I can't believe they're in the job. I know. I mean they must be out of ideas, but also on a time crunch. Strange. Hmm. Yeah. Wild. Wonder what that's like. Huh. Guess we'll never know because the world doesn't work. Cause I have infinite ideas. 
Are you are you making fun of me? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is getting a little too esoteric. Let's get out of here. Okay. Um, let's leave. Um, Christmas spirit. Happy holidays. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, that's okay. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very Christmas centric movie, but it is a very Christmas centric movie, and there are some other things about it that, like, you know, as with anything, there are some things that could be better. But we decided it's not really super worth spending our time on it because they're small enough compared to how excellent the things that this movie does and i i don't know but i feel like if you don't celebrate christmas this is still a good watch and it's not it's not just about christmas but what it's about is uh it's about finding genuine and unfettered joy in the things that you love Mm -hmm. and that thing that buddy loves just happens to be christmas yeah um last year i was not at all into the christmas mood and spirit this year i am very gung-ho about it i'm very into it we are recording this on december 1st and this movie was the correct thing to do today for me (laughs) uh to really get my my holiday spirits flowing indeed here here all right well let's uh let's jump ship Uh, ray what What? yeah that's that's what i said but the captain always goes down with the ship Oh, I'll see you on the other side, bud. No, you're the co-captain. <laughs> Look at me. You're the co-captain now. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to Mock Footage. You can find us on Twitter at Mock Footage to find out when new episodes come out. It's every Thursday, but, you know, there's fun tweets and little gifts attached, so it's it's fun. Uh, you can also send an email to mockfootage at gmail.com. And also... It's December now, so give us the gift of a wonderful iTunes review, please. Uh, we would love to hear what you have to say about the show, and we'll read that out at the end of the show, where I would normally be talking right now. If you, also, if you like the show, just tell your friends about it, because we want to grow and share this celebration podcast with as many people as possible. So, celebrate this podcast with your friend who's never listened to an episode of mock footage before if you really want to enjoy the holidays though you could if you want if this the holiday spirit compels you you could buy an incoming transmission and you can give somebody a message you can write out a message we'll read it for money for advertisement time if you want to talk about how much you love your best friend, your wife, your husband, your partner, your dog, you. Self-love is important, too, and have us talk about it. Yeah, I would love, I would love, oh, man, Ray, the first time we get one of those, it's gonna, it's gonna get wild in here. Oh. You, you have a real prime opportunity right now. You could still be the first person to buy an incoming transmission on this show, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be special. So, this, this deal's going fast. Okay, let's leave now. Thank you so much to Lunar Light Studio. Uh, we love you. What's our favorite line, Joe? <laughs> We're trying yeah, to right. get us out. What's our favorite line from the movie? I'm sorry, I'm just having such a good time. I know, but we gotta leave because we, we gotta, gotta play leave. Pokemon together. We gotta leave, we gotta... 
We gotta put out some milk and cookies for Santa, but not yet, because it would get nasty. What's oh, your favorite oh, line? Oh, from... oh. What's your favorite line from the movie, Ray? Um, my favorite line was Goodbye, Arctic Puppet, because that would <laughs> really got me right in the funny. Like Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Uh, let's let's say that together to our to our listeners. Goodbye, footies. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hi, Ray and Marvel. Hey, Marvel. Hello. So, I've been watching this great anime that I wanted to talk to you about. What is Ooh. it called? It's called Yu-Gi-Oh! And we've already been talking about it on the Deck of Friendship podcast. Oh, you mean the podcast we do about game-based friendship animes? Yeah, where the first season we're covering Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1 and we'll move on to sh- series like Bakugan and Digimon and Fighting Fudons and Dinosaur King and all sorts of other anime that focus on friendship as a core theme and are based on a physical game. It's a, wi- it's a wild concept for a podcast and th- we're doing it. Yeah, and we talk about those themes and how they pertain to these games and how you should use friendship and working together to overcome obstacles. Not only do we cover important aspects of the shows themselves like friendship, togetherness, socialism, and more, but we also get to the important questions. What happened to Grandpa? Is the heart of the cards cheating? What would your Millennium item be? So you want us to make our own Millennium items. Mine is the Millennium Estrogen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you win. Legit answer? I would either want, like, a Millennium Piercing or a Millennium Tattoo. Ooh. Now, this might inform you a lot about me as a person, but I'd like a Millennium Fork. (laughs) Somehow, Ray, somehow, I knew. I knew. It doesn't do what you think it does, is the thing. Oh, so it's like a tuning fork. Yeah, I need to figure out the details and where the eye goes, because every Millennium item has an Mm -hmm, eye somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Is that a thing? I think so. Well, now I feel like I got the short end of the stick, since I picked a Millennium copy of Scorpion King 2 Rise of the Warrior specifically on (laughs) Blu-ray. Hey, there's a bunch of uses for that one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of power in that disc. Whoever watches it, their soul gets sucked into the video, and they have to live that movie. <laughs> this is getting this is getting wild. A little bit. So where where can this podcast be found? Deck of Friendship can be found on the Lunar Light Studio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, or in the shadow realm. Or in the shadow realm. <laughs>